We're going to talk about the kingdom of God today, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom talk. And so I want to ask you, hey, do you want to go to heaven? And in doing that, I'm not talking about the sweet by and by eternity. All that's going to take care of itself. When your time is up, the Lord knows the number of your days. And when your time is up, you have faith in Jesus Christ. All that's going to take care of itself. Have you ever noticed that there's not a lot of information about the afterlife in the Bible? There's some hints, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of laugh. Sometimes you'll get preachers that will write big old books about what heaven's going to be like. And I'm thinking that book is thicker than what the Bible really has to say about the afterlife. That's, man, you got some good information. I want to know where, you know. Uh, but, but the New Testament does talk about heaven quite a bit, the kingdom of heaven, Actually, more, more times than not, it, it calls it the kingdom of God. The, the, the term kingdom of God is actually appears 68 times over the span of 10 books in the New Testament. Uh, the term kingdom of heaven appears 32 times. And, and interestingly enough, it only appears in the book of Matthew. All the other times you hear the expression kingdom of, of God. Now, theologians will... You know, let me tell you something about theologians. They just, they love to debate. That's all it is, right? <laughs> it's guys that didn't have enough speech and debate club in high school and college. So they like to sit down and debate. Uh, so if you ever, like, want to sit down and, like, listen to theologians, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of debate. Because uh, nobody, nobody can agree all the time. So there's there's some debate in different camps as to whether kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are different or synonymous, all this stuff. And, and all of them are, are fun, valid arguments. But uh, for, for my personal studies and, and for what I want to articulate today, uh, I believe that they're synonymous. They're one and the same. If you hear kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God, uh, uh, mainly because we can, we can just start out with this verse right here, Matthew chapter 19. You remember the term kingdom of heaven only appears in, in uh, Matthew's chronicling of the life of Jesus, right? And so Jesus comes out and he uses both kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God basically in the same thought. And so, so you know, this I think is kind of our first clue that really those two terms, you know, we're not going to get caught up in... Uh, you know, in, in linguistics, it's, it's talking about the same thing. But notice what he says here. <clears throat> then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, you may be sitting there saying, man, what in the world Jesus got against rich people? You know? Uh, and, and now while I was growing up, I would hear, you know, this, this actually, at, in some churches, almost cast those who have been blessed with any type of monetary wealth, almost in a bad light. Say, well, you know, look, he, you know, they, they may have some money in that family, but you remember what God, what Jesus himself said, it's, easy, it's, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to go to heaven. And, and so... You know, it, it's almost like, well, man, you know, I, as a kid, I was like, Lord, just, you know, I'd get birthday money. And it's like, look, I don't, I don't, don't give me any more money. <laughs> you know, I want to I be able to go to heaven. You know, uh, That's not what Jesus is talking about. And first of all, you know, before we sit there and say, well, what, you know, cast judgment on 
quote, rich people or whatever. Has it dawned on any of us in this room that, that to the audience that Jesus was talking to and considering what they had in life, every single one of us in this room would be considered a rich person? Not only that, if you think about it, really, compared to 70% of the world's population, every single one of us in this room live like royalty. So this term is relative, okay? And, and what does it have to do with going to heaven or not? Well, he's, he's not talking about the sweet by and by. He says the kingdom of heaven. What is this kingdom? Now, Jesus was the Messiah. The Jews thought that the Messiah was going to come and establish a kingdom, kick the Romans out and establish his kingdom. He did come to establish a kingdom. And it's a kingdom that he calls heaven, a kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of God. And we all get not just to go there, but we can be in it right now. Matter of fact, it's a kingdom you can be in no matter where you are geographically. Whether you're hanging out here in Viridian or in Arlington, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in Europe, the Pacific, no matter where, you can, you can be in heaven. You can be a free man. You can be, there are people that have found Jesus Christ in prison. And they're, they're in heaven, even though they're behind bars. Why? Because it's a kingdom that we get to have citizenship in right now. And what Jesus is saying, it's really hard for a rich, a rich man to enter into that kingdom. Now, you're going to find out real quick that, like I said, most of us in this room fall into that category of rich. And we're going to find out that really we, it, it's been difficult for us to actually live in heaven most of our life. Right? Well, what, what do we mean by the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God? Uh, Paul, now you've, you've, heard me, you've heard me talk about this. Uh, Aaron, you may have to help me. I don't know if the batteries are going. Hop, hop to my next slide for me. See if, thank you. Romans 14, 17. We read it last week. We talked about it last week. I've talked about it quite a bit, okay? Paul summarizes this state of being, this kingdom mindset. He, he tries to articulate it and put it into words. Because what Christ is trying to tell us, he's not so much worried about the sweet by and by, but he's trying to set us free right now, here in the nasty now and now, right? He's trying to get us to a place that we can live in heavenly freedom right now, right here on earth. And so Paul are, tries his best to articulate it and formulate it. And, and I thought he did a pretty good job. He just gets through talking uh, previously in chapter 14 about some of the rules and regulations of, of the law of Moses and some of the dietary laws that the Jews had to follow. And he, so he basically says, okay, that's not really what the kingdom of God is. And he says, after all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food you, you, and drink that one likes, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That means the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, according to Paul, can be, la can, can be labeled in three categories. Righteousness. The word righteousness means exactly what it looks like. Rightedness. It means that you are in right standing with God. Not because of your actions, but because of Christ's actions. His righteousness. 
uh, I am now the righteousness of God in Christ because he who knew no sin became sin, the Bible says. So righteousness or rightedness before God also gives me access to not only right living and right relationship, but right actions, right thinking, right speech, right here. I can hear things right. I can understand and perceive things right. It's all part of righteousness. Have you ever found yourself getting upset and making a big deal out of something and all of a sudden when truth is revealed, you go, oh, that really wasn't that big of a deal after all. I just wasted a lot of energy and emotion on something. Well, you were not seeing things through the, uh, the lens of righteousness or rightedness, right? So we have access to live right, to be right, to think right, to be in our right minds, to speak the right things, to take the right actions, okay? That's part of the kingdom of heaven. Peace, we sing about it today. Peace. The, your world can be collapsing, but your default mode can still be peace. It doesn't mean that you won't get nervous. You won't have a moment of anxiety. You won't have a moment of alarm. But it doesn't have to be your default mode. That I, you, could, you can be in the middle of a hurricane and say, you know what, but it's okay. God's got it. We're going to get through this. It's not fun right now, but I am at peace. Joy. Joy. Pure joy. You ever seen, uh, those of you who have young kids... Uh, 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 nowadays, uh, you know, I've, I've got Lily that's still at Viridian Elementary, uh, and she walks home usually, or rides her bike home. Uh, but when she was younger, and when my uh, older daughter Sophie was in there, I'd go to pick them up, and I'd watch all the kids, just the bell would ring, and man, they're coming out of school, and there was pure joy on their face, right? It was pure joy. Why? Because, whoo, they're free, and now they're going to go play, they're going to ride their bike, they're going to do whatever, go home and eat junk food, whatever they were going to do. Pure joy. Those are the things that, you know, you want to know where God hangs out? He hangs out in heaven. What is heaven? Righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. That means that when you do, you want to encounter the Father, start doing the right thing, perceiving the right things, righteousness. Wake up and understand you're in right standing with him through Christ Jesus. Say the right things. Hear the right things. You're going to encounter God there. Peace. Start letting go of everything. You, you know what the Holy Spirit had me do a couple of weeks ago? I was juggling a bunch of stuff. He, all throughout the week, he'd tell me, he'd say, stop, take 15 seconds. Breathe. You don't have to be anything, anyone, do anything. You carry no load for 15 seconds. And for 15 seconds, all I did was exist in him. What did it do? It grounded me back to peace. After 15 seconds, I'd go pick back up what I was doing, and I'd be all right. What was he doing? He's trying to get me back into heaven, <laughs> the state of heaven. Okay, Everyone's starting to understand, when we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, we're not talking about a floating cosmic city out in the sweet by and by. We have an eternal abode. We're going we're, we're gonna to be there. I've got loved ones there. But we're talking about... A, a kingdom you get to live in right now. And it's a state of righteousness, a state of peace, and a state of joy. Philippians 3.20 says this, but we are citizens of the state. Everyone say state. state. Which is in 
heaven. What did we say heaven was? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit at? In us. So that means that heaven is in us. Righteousness, peace, joy. Don't look for anything externally to bring you righteousness, to bring you peace, to bring you joy. That's why he was saying, man, it is really difficult for a rich person to enter into heaven. Why? Think about our society. Every single one of us compared to most places on the, on the planet would be considered rich. Do you live in a constant state of righteousness, peace, and joy? Is that your default mode? I would say for most of us and for most Christians, it's not. And yet we've, we've got everything in the world we need, don't we? And yet we struggle to really enter into the state of rightedness, peace, and joy. So while we read that scripture and we want to get mad at the Bill Gateses and Donald Trumps of the world, really he's talking about me. He's talking about you. So look, I've got heaven waiting on you. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the more you got, the more blessed you are. Man, it's funny. You have a harder time entering into the state. A peaceful, joyous, righted state. So he says, but hey, we're citizens of that state, which is in heaven. And from it, from what? From that place, from that state, that mindset, that state of being, of being righteous, full of peace, full of joy. From that, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as Savior. Is there anyone here that's waiting on God to move in a certain situation in your life? I've got some things I'm, I'm waiting on God to answer. I've got some prayers I'm waiting on God to answer. Well, according to Philippians, I can actually wait for him in the state of heaven. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That means I can be still and know that he is God. Right? Everyone still with me? Yeah. All right, we're plodding along here. Oh, let's go back to this. The state. I love this. The state. In other words, Proverbs 23, 7 tells us this. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Romans 12 and 2 tells us the transformation. If you want things to transform in your life, it talks about the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you want to start seeing heaven all around you, if you want to start seeing it in your life, if you want to see the kingdom of heaven advance, how do we advance the kingdom of heaven? We talk about that in churches all over the place. Let's advance the kingdom. How do we do that? Well, we pass out tracts. We pass out uh, flyers. We give away gifts. We have outdoor services. We get on TV. We go on the internet so more people can see us. We're advancing the kingdom. Are we really advancing righteousness? Peace, joy, or are we, are we just advancing our collective efforts to come have church? Real advancement, of the, if, you, if you want the kingdom of God to advance, let it advance in you. Transform yourself. How do you transform? By renewing your mind. If it doesn't fit into the kingdom of God, stop thinking it. 
Stop dwelling on it. Matter of fact, uh, the Japanese have a word for to think. The term to think, uh, the Japanese term for it is kumkuru. And it means, it actually literally means to return to the realm of God. That's pretty cool. So if I want to, it makes sense because if heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in me, where where is most of my dialogue with the Holy Spirit going to take place? In my mind. Right? And that's the, that's the place that Christ wants us at. He says, this is what Jesus says. And as my father has appointed a kingdom and conferred it on me, the word conferred, now he's talking about, hey, the father has, has appointed, he's given me the kingdom of heaven. He's conferred it on me. The word conferred means to hand, hand over the title. He has handed over the title deed to Christ. The word conferred, I also like it. The word conferred also means to have dialogue. You know, I could, I could say, we had an elder board meeting this past week. I could say, hey, on Tuesday evening, I conferred with the elder board on some church matters. What does it mean? That means we got together and we talked, right? So the, there's, a, there's a kingdom that God has not only given Christ the title deed, but it's a place to go talk with them, right? And he says, he's appointed a kingdom and conferred it on me, so I do confer it on you. He's given us that kingdom, the privilege and the decree that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. Say, woo, that's right, after we die, we're gonna get to heaven and we're gonna feast. Well, that's awesome, but what about right now? I got to eat spiritually. <laughs> and he says, hey, I've prepared a table before your enemies. How does he do that? In heaven. In the state of righteousness, peace, and joy. In the Holy Spirit. He said, a table uh, to, to eat in my kingdom and to sit on thrones. That's a place of authority. He has given you authority. He said, uh, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, that's symbolic of the church. The 12 tribes of Israel is symbolic of, of his modern-day church. Say, well, I thought we weren't supposed to judge. It's talking about uh, being able to discern, have good judgment or discerning. He said, look, I have got a kingdom, and, if you, and I'm giving it to you so that you can eat and confer with me there. You can get nourishment. You remember at the well, Jesus told his disciples, or he said, they said, hey, we, we brought some food back for you. And, and he just got through talking to the woman at the well. And he said, I got food to eat that you don't even know about. And the disciples were like, who, who brought him food? No, he's talking about the heavenlies. He was talking about kumkuru, to return to the realm of God. Within his own spirit, within his own mind, he was able to sup with God in the kingdom, in righteousness, peace, and joy, in the Holy Spirit, to give him good discernment. Good judgment in dealing with church matters, right? Matthew 16, 19. I love this. Say, how do I get into heaven? Everyone want to go to heaven today? This is how you go to heaven. There's keys. There's a doorway. And he, he's talking to Peter here. 
but it was chronicled and written down so that we could understand how to do it as well. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to give you the keys to get into righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How do I live there? How do I function there? How do I dwell there? If I'm a citizen, I should, how, how, how do I hang out there? By this, and whatever you bind, that means to declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound or declared improper and unlawful in heaven. And whatever you loose, that means to declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed or declared lawful in heaven. So to shorten it down into Dave Butler's speech, it's this. If it's not supposed to exist in heaven, don't let it exist on earth. If it exists in heaven, you let that exist in your earthly life. So, if you're thinking something, does it fit under the category of righteousness? Is it a right thing to think? No, not really. Then stop thinking it. Let it go. Is it something that's going to bring you peace? It can be challenging, but you can have peace about it. So I don't have peace about it. Then let it go. It's not in heaven. Is it something that brings joy ultimately to you? Say, you know, I don't care about having to do this, but ultimately it's cool because I get to bless somebody. Awesome. That's joy. Say, no, there's nothing joyous about it. Let go. In other words, if it's in heaven, do it. If it doesn't fit in heaven, don't do it. That's the keys, is what he's saying. You, you want to know the key to live this way? If it's in heaven, if it's part of the word of God, do it. If not, don't do it. That's discipleship. If you abide in my word, you'll be my disciples. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The book of John says that. That's what being a disciple is, right? An imitator. If the word says it, do it. If the word says not to do it, don't do it. That's the keys. It's not rocket science, is it? That's the keys to the kingdom of heaven. How do I live? Now, it's easier, it's easy for me to get up here and talk about it. You know, I'm human. There are days that I have to wake up and go, wait a minute, man, I got to get back into heaven. <laughs> You know, I'm not operating in a heavenly state of mind right now. You know, I need to let go of it. How do I do it? Well, let me start weeding things out. Well, this isn't part of the word of God. Well, this isn't it. This isn't righteousness, peace, and joy. This is, you know, get rid of all that. So start doing the things that are righteous. Start doing the things that are peaceful. Start doing the things that are joyful, right? That's the keys. Matthew 6 and 9 through, uh, 6, 9 through 10 all Jesus was doing is repeating what he had already previously taught them. Notice, pray therefore like this. And we all sing it, right? Our Father who art in heaven. You, you, you ever been to a wedding? Man, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I've officiated a lot of weddings. And there's some that are sweet to officiate. And there are some that I can't wait to hurry up and tie the knot for these people <laughs> so I can get out. 
Uh, there is not a bigger power drain to me for some reason. When I'm standing up there and I'm like, you know, uh, Aunt so-and-so will sing a special now. And she gets up and it's just, you know, that, that holy, oh, Father. It's just, oh, Lord, get me through this wedding. I'm just going to say it. There you go. I am not in heaven at that moment. So pray, therefore, like this, Jesus says, our Father who, where's, where's the father at? Heaven. Oh, that means that he's way out there on his throne floating around in the cosmic city overlooking the whole universe. No, he's in heaven. He is in righteousness. Peace. Oh, I found something and it brought me so much peace. That's where you're going to meet the father. So right in the middle of all my storm, I saw something, and what a joyous thing it was. That was the Father smiling at you. He's getting your attention, saying, I'm still here. You're not alone. It's heaven. Our Father, who's in heaven, he's in righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's in me. That means I don't have to go look for the Father. I can sit right here, and I can experience him. Hallowed or kept holy be your name. Now notice, he gives the keys to the kingdom. Your kingdom come, this kingdom of heaven, this righteousness, peace, and joy. Let it come. How? By your will being done on earth just like it is in heaven. There it is again. That's the keys to the kingdom. You want to walk and advance the kingdom of God? Whatever is righteous, peaceful, and joyous, you let that manifest in your life. If it's not, hold it loosely. Let it come and go. It came to pass. There are going to be some things in your life that you have to understand. Say, does that mean everything's going to be hunky-dory in my life? No, I wish. I wish I could preach that to you. But usually it's quite opposite. You know, Usually it's about the time that you start submitting your life to his lordship. And you start saying, okay, I'm giving up my rights. You are Lord. Take every part of myself you take it, it's yours. That's usually when everything falls apart. And it's a stripping away. And it's not fun. And Jesus talks about it. But through that process, you can still exist in the state of heaven. Luke 7.21, that's why we talked about this last week. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Woo, we got a lot of people all over the planet so, ooh, Jesus Christ says, Lord, oh, I've, I've proclaimed him as my Lord. I've prayed the sinner's prayer. Say, so how, how do you go to heaven? Oh, I know. You pray the sinner's prayer. That's not what this is talking about. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So we get a lot of people that proclaim him as Lord, but they've not really encountered righteousness, peace, and joy in their life. They're still panicking over everything. They're still depressed about everything. They're still full of anxiety. They're still bitter and angry and frustrated and throwing in the towel. And But he said, look, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to get this. Enter into the right, uh, uh, this realm, this kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father, and where's the father at? Who is in heaven. How do I get in there? The keys to the kingdom. Do the will. Do his will. What's his will? His word. If it doesn't line up with heaven, 
I don't want to do it. If it lines up with heaven, that's what I need to do. That's discipleship. That's surrender. Not my will, thine will be done. Luke 12, 32. I love this. Let's all stand. Jesus says this, don't be seized with alarm. Has anyone ever felt seized with an alarm or by alarm? You just, oh, something's got a hold of you. <laughs> Even your life is just, uh, you know. He said, don't, don't be seized with alarm and stuck with fear, struck with fear. Don't, don't be struck with fear, little flock. I love that, little flock. Man, don't, don't be seized with alarm or struck with fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants every single one of you to go to heaven. Why? Because that's where he's at. And where is heaven? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it's his good pleasure to give you righteousness, <laughs> to give you peace, to give you joy. How do you access it? Just doing what he tells you to do. And if he didn't tell you to do it, don't do it. How do I know what he wants me to do? He's written it. 7,000 promises in the word of God. I love how our friend Mylon said it at the, at the marriage retreat. He said, God, God wrote the cake recipe for you. Just follow the recipe. You're going to have a cake, <laughs> you know. If you'll just do what he said, Mary had it right. You remember at the, at the wedding feast when they ran out of wine and she went to Jesus and she said, hey, they ran out of wine. And he said, this is not of any of our concern. It's not my time to reveal myself. She ignored him like any good mother would do, right? <laughs> she ignored him and she looked at the servants. She said, this is my son, Jesus. Whatever he says to do, do it. And then she left. What a profound thing to say. This is Jesus. If he says to do it, do it. She was preaching the kingdom of heaven. And it's his good pleasure to give you heaven. He wants everybody here to go to heaven. And he don't mean after you die. He means right now. Today is the day of salvation. I mean, let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I pray that you teach us to continue as disciples. You teach us to continue as imitators of you. And by doing that, you teach us to access heaven right now that state of righteousness, peace, and joy that is so full in your Holy Spirit that you've placed it within us. It's so powerful. It's the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, and it's alive and well in us. And help us, Father, as a fellowship and as a family to operate from the standpoint of heaven today. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. amen. We're going to sing one more time as a family before we're dismissed. If you need prayer, come chat with me. I would be honored to pray with you today.